I've always hated sitcoms. I can assume you're wondering why, you son of a bitch. What could I possibly have against sitcoms? Fine, I'll tell you. They're designed for the lower class, and the lower class are hardly an authority on quality. How else would you explain the success of vampire porn among single mothers in middle America? Oh, what? You don't agree with me? Allow me to prove my point. Sid? Yeah, Teddy? Name any sitcom. No, I, I can do this. Any sitcom will do. Do you mean Frasier? Oh, <laughs> don't go spoiling the surprise now, Sid. Any other sitcom. Um, okay. Um, what's the one where there's like, f- there's like four similar but like very different versions of brunette New Yorkers and all their jokes land for some reason and, and one has seizures sometimes but nobody tries to help her and instead they all just like stand there staring and not, like not a single person offers to help. I think the tall one might also have seizures. It's possible the show was about the sad lives of the epileptic. Ah, uh, yes. Seinfeld. Of course, you can't deny that it's regarded by many as the funniest sitcom ever. I didn't realize all it took to be funny was arguing whose hair was more feathered over diner food. <laughs> Another. Okay. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, Oh, um, was there one, like, it was like a guy and his mom and his and his dad and I think his wife, like, definitely his giant of an older brother. And if you listen to their voices long enough, your ears would start ringing, I think. What was that one? Everybody loves Raymond. I'll tell you one thing everybody does not love. Long Island accents and writing targeted at blue-collar public servants from Queens. The 90s saw a constant onslaught of sitcoms with the same plots, setups, and trivial conversations on dirty couches. We thought maybe TV was just a waste of time. Until... Hello, Seattle. Dinner was an absolute nightmare. I am not a man. Fresh tuna. You're welcome. Dear God, I'm Aunt Shirley. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Dear God. That's our guy. The man in the brown suit and billowing silk chemise. Sherry Connoisseur, radio psychologist, and Seattle sweetheart. Dr. Fraser Crane. As children of the 90s, Fraser was always a presence in our homes. And by that, I mean your home. Being poor meant we didn't have a TV, but we did have stolen TV guides from the local library. I remember the first time I saw him on a full-page ad. Fraser had that special kind of Republican charm I'd always dreamed of having myself. I would rip out those pages and I'd put them under my pillow, praying to God my foster mother wouldn't find them, and ask me if this was the man responsible for my sexual awakening. It was. And I've been saving myself for him ever since. My backstory? My father and I were never close. I made sure Fraser and I had that in common by never allowing my father and I to be close. My formative years were spent in front of the TV, joining my chosen daddy on his adventures, climbing up Seattle's social ladder. My real dad died about five years ago. I made sure the straps to lower his casket were replaced with Fraser replica neckties. It meant that my father was more launched into the ground rather than lowered, but it was important we honored my final wishes for him. I hadn't seen a full episode of the show with sound until last year. I watched every season back to back, all the way through. Five straight days of Fraser. Up until then, I had only seen the show on TVs through the windows of rich people. I had a great time watching them, too. Them smiling and being happy, me outside using their backyard as a toilet. Representation is so important. I mean, hey, 
good things take time. Finally, white people with money were getting to see themselves on their own big screen TVs. That's how we met, actually. How long ago was that? What, six years now? Wow. What is it they say? Time flies when you're having fun? I believe that is what they say. (laughs) (sighs) I remember it like it was yesterday. There I was, taking in a rerun. You know, the one where Daphne tells Fraser not to go into her room, but Fraser being Fraser, he's just got to see what's in there. Gotta be one of my favorites. Simply put, one of the best. Anyways, so Fraser goes into Daphne's room, and then Daphne comes in out of nowhere, and then Fraser is trapped, but he's no dummy. He hides in the closet. Daphne starts undressing, and Fraser's sitting there like, I'm a gentleman. What do I do? He thinks the coast is clear, but then Daphne goes into the bathroom and he's like, must be safe, but it's not. No, it certainly isn't. So Daphne comes back and Fraser hides under a blanket of all things and then runs into the bathroom and hides behind the door. But then Daphne comes back into the bathroom to take a shower and Fraser is now stuck in the bathroom with a naked Daphne. The drama continues. Of course, that dastardly dog, Eddie, comes in and starts drinking from the toilet bowl. Typical Eddie, typical Daphne. She starts yelling at him. Yeah, just like that. Can you believe it? Not in my wildest dreams. This fucking show! Fraser thinks she's talking about him on account of the fact that he can't even see Eddie, but she's not. She's talking about Eddie, but Fraser, being the guy that he is, owns up to everything and reveals himself, and then Daphne really freaks out, and Fraser goes running. <laughs> fucking hilarious! Oh, there I was, sitting there, slapping my goddamn knee, when what did I see out of the corner of my eye? I see what I can only describe as a dirty, dirty piece of shit, looking in from the window, laughing along. There she was. There I was. It was me. The dirty, dirty piece of shit was me. Can you believe it? I invited her inside for a hot toddy and a place to stay. We talked about Fraser all night. I'll never forget it. It was the first time I felt safe enough to sleep with just one eye open, instead of both eyes open. I'll never forget the way you smelled of gravel and musk, which is why I made sure you were doused in Fraser's signature bath blend. Jasmine, lavender, rose hips, and a little Tahitian vanilla. It was like I was reborn as like a, like a better version of myself. A better Fraser fan. My parents told me I could keep her for as long as I wanted. They said it would be good for me to be exposed to people below the poverty line, just like Fraser learned at the end of season one's Christmas episode. I just wanted to extend the same kind of generosity to Sid here that Fraser did when he let that poor person rest their head on his shoulder, if only for a moment. Plus, it was nice to have someone around who got it. There's a lot of so-called Fraser fans out there, but there are a few that share our special brand of obsession. That's why I was so lucky when I found Sid. Finally, Someone I could relate to. My equal. Teddy's family took me in like I was one of their own employed staff. It was everything me and my dog Eddie had ever dreamed of. In case you were thinking Eddie's a dog, he's actually roadkill that she had stuffed and reworked to look like a Jack Russell. It's been awesome. We never went out of things to talk about. I mean, between Cheers and Frasier, we got 19 seasons worth of Dr. Crane to gab about. just us that were touched by Fraser's good grace and humor, though. It was each and every person who tuned into NBC Thursdays at 9pm. These were the golden years. There hasn't been anything like it since this captured the imagination of middle-aged white men and their well-to-do offspring. For those who lived through Fraser hysteria, it was a time hard to forget. 
For those who didn't, think Hansen at the height of Mbop fame. Times ten. The fandom didn't die down either. Frasier remained one of the most popular sitcoms of its era. But on May 13th, 2004, it was all gone. For 11 years, you've heard me say, I'm listening. Well, you were listening too. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Good night, Seattle. And just like that, the Frasier dynasty had come to an end. Eleven years, building storylines just to tear them down. Fans were blindsided. We were blindsided. It came out of nowhere. No explanation, no logical reasoning. Frasier would be leaving us forever. Hearing Frasier say, goodnight Seattle, for one last time, brought a tear to even the most fair weather of fans. But beyond the excruciating pain of TV's greatest loss, no one seemed to be paying attention to another, much more sinister detail. Frasier didn't just leave us. He seemed to have disappeared altogether. Dr. Frasier Crane hasn't been seen in public since the series finale of the show aired. At first, we thought he might just be taking a vacation, a well-deserved break from it all. But after a while, it was obvious something else was going on. Think about it. After 19 seasons on television, you're telling me it's normal that a guy like Fraser Crane just walks away from it all? Get real. The whole point of the show ending was that he was going to be starring on another show. Fraser didn't just stop appearing on TV. It's like he stopped existing. No more KACL. No more co-hosting the Seattle Christmas Parade. No more billboards plastered with that big, beautiful head of his. In the 24-hour news cycle we live in, it would be easy to forget news like this, but this was never even news. No one seems to care or even noticed Frasier's disappearance. That's the weirdest part. The world forgetting about Frasier? <laughs> That's not the world I grew up in, and it's certainly not a world fit for future generations aspiring to fall into a friendship where you're taken in as some sort of human pet by a really wealthy family and their Frasier-obsessed daughter. We waited by the television set to see if the doctor would come back in some reboot or another, but days became months, and months became 15 years. You could say at this point... A lot of us have lost hope that we'll ever see our dear Fraser again. And you may be thinking, why now? What's the point in asking where or why after 15 years? For one thing, it's about time there'd be a place for two superfans to gush about the man in brown. But of course, there's more to it than that. Much more. We think something's up. Underneath the suit, it's a guy somewhere out there with a sad, sad story that we're just trying to piece together. Who are the establishing characters? What's the climax? This sad story, his sad story, has left us on the brink of mental and emotional breakdown. That's the story we're trying to tell. So where are we? We have a man at the top of his game with a flock of adoring fans itching for more Frasier. Frasier spent almost two decades basking in the limelight, staying warm under its glow. To then go out into the cold reality of non-fame and give it all up? It just doesn't make any sense. I'm Teddy Ivanova, and along with fellow Fraser head Sidney Boniface, we're going to get to the bottom of where Fraser has been. It's possible that we may never find him, or that he may sue us. Ultimately, we just want to know our boy is safe. We're doing this because we think Fraser is important. We think his work is important. It's also important that I lose my virginity to someone like him, someone special. So you understand the stakes. Through the series, we're going to look for Fraser. We'll search for him in any way we can, exploring all avenues. The goal is to make sure he's okay. But we also think it's time he gets back on TV. If not for our own personal entertainment, then for the good of the North American public. Oh, 
and getting a reboot out of this? Well, that would be a dream. Why is he gone? Where could he be? Is there something more sinister going on here? These are the questions we will try to answer. This is Have You Seen Fraser Crane? A quest to find our fallen messiah, our one true hero, the man behind the suit, Dr. Fraser Crane. So, where do we start? Where do we start in our search for a man who has been missing for 15 years? Why don't we start at the beginning? Audiences were introduced to Dr. Fraser Crane on Cheers in 1984, coming between TV's most famous couple, Sam and Diane. You know, the ones that John Mellencamp's song was based off of? Yeah, that one. It is little known that Mellencamp was actually a huge fan of the show. And before you say anything, I know exactly what you're thinking. Wasn't that song called Jack and Diane? Yeah, of course it was. But let me finish before you think in any way that I haven't done extensive research on this. Here's the industry scoop. John was sued for infringement reasons by NBC. So Sam was changed to Jack, and that's the whole story. Turns out happiness and love make for awful TV. That's why Joey Tribbiani famously ended up alone on Friends. Not that I like that show or follow any of its storylines. <laughs> Which naturally leads me back to Frasier. The plan was for him to come in, add a little spice, and then exit from the show. Except not so fast, said Dr. Crane. His likability kept him on week after week, and by the end of the show's run, plans for his own series were made official. Frasier would have his own spinoff, and it would be called... Frasier. The show was a hit. The doctor went on to be named one of the highest paid personalities on television ever, raking in a quarter of a million dollars per episode. That's a lot of money. So impressive that hearing myself say it has made me a little horny. And what does all that success add up to? Cheers and Frasier are wildly considered the best television series ever created. It's a pretty undisputed if you look in the right places. An empire was built. A Frasier empire. Almost 15 years after the series finale, Fraser merchandise is still never not sold out at the NBC Experience Store. With all that success, why let it all go? Maybe disappearing was something Fraser needed for himself. After all, he's done for us and for the fields of psychology and radio broadcasting. I think he's earned it. To give it all up so easily, though, well, that would mean that he was just in it for the money, and there's just no way that can be true, not for a minute. Before Fraser disappeared, he had it all. Money, fame, power, and women. Being Fraser Crane meant something. Since he's been gone, it pains us to admit that his legacy has been lost on the troubled generations of television watchers that have come after us, who only get reruns on Christian-regulated networks. Now Fraser is just an easy Halloween costume to pull together at the last minute. Grab your grandfather's jury duty two-piece, finish it with a paisley tie, and a bald cap. Ugh! It kills me! While I assume Frazier would be flattered by the tribute to his legacy, I think it blows that it's all we have left of him. If you're out there listening, Frazier, just know that we're listening. We've always been listening, and we will continue to listen until we get confirmation that you are listening. Like you used to listen on your radio show. Remember, you would say, I'm listening? We want to hear from you. Set the record straight, Frazier. Please. If you're an adoring fan of his... 
But obviously not his biggest fan, though, because that's us. And you have a Fraser story or maybe even a lead of where he might be? Call us, toll free, of course, at 1 833 Toss Salad. That's 1 833 TSD SALD. Or 1 833 873 7253. Please leave a very detailed message and we'll let you know if we think your message has any value to our search. And if you're actually Fraser Crane, we're looking for you. We miss you. As we've said, there's been no public appearances made by Fraser Crane in 15 years. But if we entertain the theory that Dr. Crane has chosen to pursue a private life, maybe he's exactly where we think he'd be. After all, Fraser would be the first person to admit he's a creature of habit. Thank you for calling the Puget Sound Squash Club. How can I help you? If Fraser is trying to lay low and live a kind of normal life, maybe he's been seen at his local haunts. Everybody knows how much Fraser loves his squash. Could be a good place to start. Hi, um, yeah, I'm sure you have rules against releasing this kind of information, but once we tell you we're Fraser Crane's biggest fans, well, I think he might be willing to help us out. See, we're trying to find out where Fraser is. Has he been around there lately? No problem. Just one sec while I check for you. I'm sorry, what was the name? Fraser Crane. Thank you. Uh, he might also go by Dr. Fraser Crane. And he's a member? Should be. Uh, unless there's a hotter squash club in town. One moment, please. No, I'm sorry. We don't have a member by that name. What? The doctor wouldn't give up squash. I mean, it's the only reason he's probably got the best cardiovascular health of anyone I know. Giving up his career and squash? I mean, he's aged. Isn't that a perfectly good reason to give up squash? It's probably the hardest sport on your body, I'd say. Probably. Maybe he's just playing squash in another city. The last time we saw him, he was moving to San Francisco. Or, or was it Chicago? I never really figured out where he ended up. I hate open-ended finales. Is it too much to ask for a little closure? We'll truly know that he's not living in Seattle if we check in on Cafe Nervosa. Sorry to interrupt. Is there anything else I can help you with? No, um, that was it. Did, did you want to hang up, or, or should I? Since we're talking, do either of you play? Squash? <laughs> I doubt we'd have the stamina for it. That'll happen when you dedicate your life to a TV show. I've got the best source to prove it. We do have a promo going on right now for new members. Two of you could join for a low cost of $150 a month. It's the lowest rate you'll find in Seattle. What a great deal. Did you hear that, Sid? Clubs here are normally charging at least double that. I mean, it seems like a long way to travel to places. Sign us up, please. Who knows where it will lead us? Maybe rubbing shoulders with the Seattle Top Dogs will bring us directly to Fraser himself. Plus, we'll be members at Fraser Squash Club. Elite fan status. $500 out of Teddy's trust fund for first and last month's membership, plus fees... And you're looking at the two newest members of the Puget Sound Squash Club. Even if it doesn't bring us closer to finding Fraser, it sure makes us feel like we now have the kind of status required to find him. With this new confidence, we called 411 Assistance. Why search through phone books and encyclopedias when there's someone being paid with public money to do it for you? Operator, please connect us to Cafe Nervosa in Seattle. <clears throat> I don't seem to have a listing for a Cafe Nervosa in that location. It was Cafe Nervosa? 
C-A-F-E space, N as in Nancy, E-R, V as in Victor, O-S-A. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, no. Unfortunately, there's no business listing for a Cafe Nervosa in Seattle. Really? You don't have anything for Cafe Nervosa. Cafe Nervosa, Kenyan cappuccinos, and bubbly lattes? Can you check again, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still no listing. In fact, um, there's no record of there ever being a listing for that business. No, 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 no. There must be a problem with your system. Cafe Nervosa. You know, from Fraser, Cortadas, that guy Ben who almost ruined it for everyone? Where Niles didn't get a straw with his order that one time? It's Cafe Nervosa. I said there's no listing! Excuse me? Do you also use that rogue mouth of yours to kiss your cousin? I, I just, I'm sorry. I should I'm say sorry. so. I, just, mm-hmm. I should say so. If I ever paid my taxes, I would be very disappointed to find out they'd be going to someone who kisses their cousin. You're right. I deserve nothing. I am nothing. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm trapped in the hell that is the 411 assistance. Hey, buddy. L- listen, I've been there. Here's what you need to do. Loiter around the rich neighborhoods for just long enough. We don't have time for this. Fraser waits for no man, especially not a man with a stigma of mental health issues. Isn't that ex- exactly what he'd do? No, no, no. He's a priorities kind of guy. Any fan knows that. Oh, right. <laughs> of course he is. I mean, season three, episode one, when Fraser would rather sabotage his own show and get fired than take orders from a woman. I mean, if that's not prioritization, I don't know what is. Yeah, you've got it exactly right. Well, I guess that means this is goodbye. Sorry to leave you in the middle of a personal crisis, and from what I can tell, 411 purgatory, we've got to prioritize just like the doctor did if we're ever going to find him, though. No, please. I don't know where I am, okay? I don't even know what day it is. Please, I'm begging you. I need help. I think I can see the base of a building. I think I might be in a basement. Listen, can you hear the birds chirping? I think I've distinguished a colony of or... I know we did the right thing, but I still kind of feel, like, sorry or something. Do do you feel bad at all? Yeah, I guess I feel a little bad. So what's with the no listing for Cafe Nervosa? So weird. No, it's, like, so weird. Wait a second. It's probably just privately listed or something to avoid tourists. You know what? That makes total sense. But there's something I need to tell you that makes... No sense. What? You know how I've been saving myself for Fraser? Yes, and I think it's the smartest decision you've made about your body since you had your lower back branded with the Seattle skyline. Hey, thank you. I think it's really healed up nicely, actually. I mean, it makes the months of bleeding through my shirts totally worth it. Oh, it looks so great. Yeah, <laughs> I am really happy with it. Anyway, since we've started our search, every time I hear Fraser's name, I've been getting... Pretty horny. Everyone gets horny when they hear the words Dr. Fraser Crane. Ooh, don't get me started. <laughs> it's a totally normal reaction. Nothing to be embarrassed about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just that we've been talking to people at his squash club and like and talking about Cafe Nervosa, and, and suddenly I'm drier than Fraser's season 11 dry spell. You know the one that was so dry it made him go against his morals and got him involved in an extramarital affair? Dry? Really? That is weird. Is something wrong with me? I'm sure it's... Wait. Okay, let me try something. 
What happens when I say, Giorgio Armani's suit jacket? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Seattle. Mm, nope. Okay, yeah, no, there's nothing, nothing. Whatever progress we made, gone. It's sand and cobwebs down there as far as I'm concerned. What about coastal living? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it. Yes. You magnificent horny virgin. We'll find Fraser yet. What? What? What do you mean? Don't you see? Your horniness is working like a radar. No, better. A freighter. Wow. He wasn't in Seattle. That's why your libido wasn't reacting. I suggest an oceanside city and your body takes over in some kind of euphoric display. This is the key to finding Fraser. Coastal living? He's got to be in San Francisco. All right, we're back on the scene with a little gleam in our eyes and ready to take on the day. What's doing? What's happening? You're listening to KNTR. This is Tom Gellahan, the host of The Tom Gellahan Show. We're taking calls. Lots to talk about. 555-3000. Our first callers today are self-proclaimed super fans. Let's hear what these two have to say. What's cracking in your coffee, you two? Um, hello? Uh, we're looking for Fraser Crane. Have you seen him? Fraser Crane? Why, well, I don't think I know that guy. Oh. Oh, oh, you're kidding. He says he doesn't know him. <laughs> Wait, f- from that show? The bald man in the suit? That's the guy. No, I haven't seen him. I'm up at the crack of dawn, put my pants on, and I'm out the door by two. I don't get no time to party on. I can't understand a single fucking word from this guy. I don't believe it. Sir, we're working on a tight schedule here. Have you seen Fraser Crane or not? Cowabunga! No way, no how. Speak English, you hack. I swear to God, I'm going to lose it on this guy. I don't think he's seen him. Damn it! If he was in San Francisco, local radio hosts would definitely know about it. Well, I guess he's not in San Francisco then. Well, good luck with your search, superfans. Thanks for the call. All right, time for Tyler, Titan of Thunder with the weather. What's up, big boy? Fraser Crane accepts a job offer in San Francisco, a.k.a. Front Page News, and you're telling me that he's not at the top of every local radio personality's mind? How's your horniness, by the way? Nothing. Maybe the whole freighter thing was a fluke. Strange. I'm usually never wrong. Let's just think about this for a second. We know Fraser probably isn't in Seattle. If he's not playing squash and if Cafe Nervosa was ruined by tourists, why stay? And there's just no way that Fraser would set up shop in Chicago. I mean, for one, his relationships never last. And two, Fraser ending up in the Midwest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And if he's in San Francisco, I mean, he's not big news. It's not possible. Ergo, he's not in San Francisco. So if he's not in Seattle and he's not in Chicago or San Francisco, Boston. Cheers. Beacon Hill. Hi, yeah. Have you seen Fraser Crane around there lately? What you fucking say? Yes, um, I said, have you seen Fraser Crane around there lately? I got a fucking restaurant to run. What are ya? A couple of Southies trying to pull a half-ass prank? Fuck yous! I guess what they say about people from Boston is true. But this is bigger than cultural differences. Cheers, Beacon Hill. You listen here. We're Fraser's biggest fans. He's missing, maybe even dead for all we know. This is hardly a prank. We'd like to know if you've seen Fraser Crane, please. I've got a bar full of tourists willing to pay $15 for genuine draft with a cheers sticker on it. 
Screw! Please, I mean, surely you must understand. Your very bar is the reason we have Frasier to begin with. He's a character! He's not real, for Christ's sakes! Jesus fucking Christ! What did she just say? He's not real? <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? La-dee-da! Don breaks on Marblehead! Get a fucking life! I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Why would she say Frasier isn't real? Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Calm down. We know our guy. We know Frasier. He's as real as Anne of Green Gables. If he wasn't real, then why did I just talk to someone who works at Cheers? Why can I go to Prince Edward Island and buy raspberry cordial, huh? I mean, I guess they could exist to make money. No. But but how do we even check something like that? Where do people get the most up-to-date information? We've managed to avoid the poisonous landscape of the internet up until now. But the time has come to dive in. And dive in deep. Okay, let's scroll down. <laughs> what? What does that say? What does that say? Teddy, what the fuck does that say? Dr. Fraser Winslow Crane is a fictional character on the American television sitcoms Cheers and Fraser, airing from 19. Portrayed by Kelsey Gramar. Fictional? Wait, wait, which one is fictional again? <laughs> oh. <sighs> oh no. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. He's not real? What? He's not real? No! Si- no! No, no, si- Sydney, no! Sydney! Sydney, no! On the next episode of Have You Seen Fraser Crane? Of course. Of course it was Tony Shalhoub! A lot of great actors up in your category. We've got Larry David, Matt LeBlanc, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, I'm gonna fucking kill you. This series is co-hosted by Teddy Ivanova and Sydney Boniface and is produced by Carly McPhee, Matt Rubio, and me, Sydney Boniface. Music and audio production by Nick Digitano. Voices for this episode were provided by Christina Chichko as Puget Sound Squash Club employee, Keegan Valencourt as 411 operator, Nick Digitano as Tom Gallahand, and Wendy Fox as Cheers employee. Have you seen Fraser Crane concept developed by Sydney Boniface and Lauren Andrews, and episodes written by Sydney Boniface? I'm listening.